0: Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Isaiah chapter 56, what a beautiful um, passage it is. First of all, let me just say this. Um, I'm sorry that um, some of you had to been uh, uh, afflicted with my lycra nappy because I've started cycling. <laughs> but I did, uh, I did uh, try cycling without, without the Lycra nappy, that wasn't pleasant, I can promise you. And I'm training, just started training for this uh, cycle ride next year, and, um, so I'm now, you know, up to about 15 miles a day, and it's hard. And then on there, no, it is, you know, and Sam told me, oh, it'll be fine, it's only 600 miles, Andy. It's like, mm. uh, anyway, so we'll get there, by next February we'll be fine, but, um, on Sunday, uh, did you anybody see Bradley Wiggins do his thing? So Bradley Wiggins broke the world record for the and, and really, I don't, I don't look right. You're not meant to look like this. You're meant to look like Gareth Robinson when you're a cyclist. There he is. He's a teased Bradley Wiggins, isn't he? That's what you're meant to look like. And, uh, you are a cyclist. Without the side. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, without the side yeah. But even the side is. Did you know it's that Bradley Wiggins on Sunday as he attempted this world record broke this world record for the greatest distance travelled in an hour. Over 30-odd miles an hour, he was doing solidly for an hour on this bike. Unbelievable, a machine. But even his precious sides, because was a bit of a mod, he had to shave his sides, just so a little bit of stubble, he had to have his hair cut, he had to shave his legs. He had to wear this thinnest of thinnest Lycra suits and this perfect precision bike. He even chose the right music that would motivate him to just keep going. Everything had to be perfect. But even with all that going on, if he hadn't done the preparation behind the scenes for months and years preparing himself for this moment, he wouldn't have got anywhere, would he? Now, I know I I can never be Bradley Wiggins. (laughs) I I can't do it. I ain't got it in me. But actually, I'm kind of inspired by that guy, that he's prepared to make such sacrifices. And the fact that he's so excellent and so amazing and then pursues a dream and then goes for it and prepared to make, do what's necessary to get there. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we can be inspired. I can never be John Wesley or William Booth. But actually, I want to be inspired by their character. I want to be inspired by their disciplines. I want to be inspired by their sacrifice. You know, maybe we can never be Jackie Pullinger. But we're inspired by her, aren't we? By the great price she's prepared to pay for the prize. And sometimes we need to be a little bit more like that. Come on, let's raise our game. You know, it's a bit sad, really chugging around 15 miles a day on your bike when you could do so much more with a bit more discipline, a bit more effort, a bit more determination. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I just think in this season of open doors, it is a time to raise our game. Um, We're coming to Isaiah chapter 56 and I guess this will put some of that in context. It's the seventh and final part of Isaiah's vision. Uh, We're nearly home. I mean, we're nearly home. This is the eschatological bit of Isaiah. It's the end times bit. It's the bit where God starts to shift gear because of what's happened in Isaiah 53, the suffering of the servant, credible picture of the great price of the cross for us. Suddenly, everything's changed and the end times become clearer and clearer and the sense that, World history is spiraling towards this glorious conclusion when Jesus returns, and the evidences of the things we read in Isaiah 56 on the back of what Jesus did on the cross um, will become more and more evident. So, let's read these lovely words This is what the Lord says Maintain justice and do what's right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people, and let no eunuch complain, I'm only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name. That will endure forever and foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and hold fast to my covenant. These I'll bring to my holy mountain and give them the joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. The chapter is entitled Salvation for Others in my Bible, probably in yours too. Um, Remember what that boy William Booth said when he had his, he could only afford seven letters on his newsletter. You remember that? Uh, Every month he wrote a newsletter around the movement. He was so skint one month, he could only afford seven letters to pay by the letter. It was the newsletter, nobody ever forgot, others. That's all they got. The whole movement around the world, all they got was others. And uh, William Booth reminding the Salvation Army that we're there for others. This salvation is for others. And the good news is it's for the others in this room. It's no longer for a, a little people in A little nation the size of Wales in the Middle East, it's for the whole world. It's salvation for others. Everyone's invited to the party. All those who formerly felt excluded, or or anybody who may feel excluded for any reason, suddenly is invited. Uh, Who could blame the foreigner and the eunuch for feeling excluded from heaven and God's presence and his glory and all the benefits of being a child of God. Who could blame them because they've got the Bible, haven't they? They've got Deuteronomy chapter 23, where our holy, awesome God says this. Listen to the exclusion in Deuteronomy chapter 23. No one who's been emasculated by crushing or cutting may enter the assembly of the Lord. No one who's been born of a forbidden marriage nor any of their descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord. Not even into the 10th generation. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord. Not even to the 10th generation. And on and on it goes in Deuteronomy: Exclusion, 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 exclusion. This is a holy place for a holy people. And you can't come in. You're excluded. And, and the eunuch thing was a big thing. Because it was the, it was the sign of the foreign cults. The false religions. You know, the eunuchs who served at their temples. Sorry, you can't come in. You're impure. You can't be part of this thing. The foreign nations who worship these foreign gods and bow down to their idols. Sorry, you can't come in. You're excluded. There's that exclusion. And then we get the beautiful picture of the cross in Isaiah 53. And suddenly, everyone's invited. Suddenly everything changes. Suddenly we move towards the final glory. The final day when Jesus has his people. And it's not just the people from Israel. It's the people from all the earth. Anybody excited about that this morning? Anybody kind of glad about that? I'm included. I'm grafted in. It's not a cancellation of Deuteronomy 23. Because we need the picture of just how holy and awesome our God is and how set apart he is, and how different he is, to realize how glorious his grace is, don't we? If we're all lovey-dovey with God, and all, oh, anything, you know, we can do anything, no, we can't, because he's holy and awesome, and only because of what happened on the cross do we get invited. It's called grace and mercy. We've been singing about it this morning, and it's the most beautiful thing in the world, isn't it? We're all invited, even people who feel so unacceptable to God, people from crazy cults, people from wild lifestyles, people who should be, should be turned away, people who've done terrible things, they should be turned away, God says, I took it all in my son on the cross, I've paid the full price, not just for a people called Israel, for everybody and the great invitation from the suffering servant is in Isaiah 55, isn't it, we're looking at it, come all who are thirsty and then don't you love that in John chapter 7 Jesus says virtually the, exactly the same words he says let anyone come who's thirsty the only qualification you've got to be part of this incredible salvation story to spend eternity in heaven with Christ is just be thirsty be longing for him be desperate for him and be in anybody and you're in just come to Jesus, come to Jesus, make him Lord of your life, serve him, give your life to him and he'll fill you, anybody. I mean, one of the, uh, I'll never forget Tough Talk at the Apollo. We, uh, we used to do Planet Life and Tough Talk came along. You know the, you know the Tough Talk, those bodybuilder guys, You seen them? They're amazing and they're all um, former gangsters and uh, hit men in London and they look like, they don't look like Gareth. They don't look like me. They look like kind of, you know, uh, proper bruisers. Um, and they're just, they're like, they look mean. They're all massive power lifters. And they do their power lifting demonstration. But then they gave the testimony. And I just, I'm not an emotional man. I'm stood in the Apollo and I'm just weeping. One salvation story after another. One murderer who should never be allowed in. One hitman. One drug addict. One gangster. And Jesus has turned it all around, and there they are proclaiming Christ on the stage, and then lots of people come to Christ on the back of that. That's this. That's this gospel, isn't it? It's salvation for everybody, for others. And I'm stood at the Apollo, loving the moment. I just remember getting grit afresh by the power of the gospel to change any life. I had it again on Saturday, the Urban Hero Awards. Just that moment of oh, I love this gospel. God's helped us, I believe, to build something where he really could get some serious glory and receive his heart's desire as many, many, many get filled. Many get transformed. Many get changed. Much, much, much salvation. That's what we want, isn't it? There were three beautiful things going on for me at Urban Heroes that I believe could be the platform for our end-time salvation message (laughs) because that's what we're we're all about I don't know when Jesus is coming back I'm utterly convinced it's soon Uh, and Jesus is coming soon and we've got an end time salvation message and there were three things going on that I just loved on that stage first thing is the creativity how awesome was the creativity how awesome was our bands and just those kids dancing, just a beautiful thing. And it's always been at the heart when there's been an acceleration in salvation, when there's been this kind of it's time for others to join in this party. There's always been that creativity. Look at the Salvation Army, look at the hymns of John Wesley. You know, we sing them, they seem a bit old school. In the time, they were utterly radical. And, you know, we're singing these boring, monotone things on the organ. And Charles Wesley comes up, rumpety-pumpety-pumpety. We're playing, singing these boring songs in church. And William Booth gets the brass bands, the music of the dance hall and the club. And we're all going crazy and being creative and trying new things. But alongside the creativity, there's the heart for the poor and the broken. That's always at the heart. Always at the heart and it, a growing heart, you get God's heart because we, we read his word and we've got his spirit. But there's also the other thing that I love that I wasn't quite ready for when we had this little idea about in your face doing these stupid little sketches. What only beautiful I, did, I hadn't seen them until the day before, and then you know, I, but this thing about not taking ourselves too seriously that is so important. We can have all the ace creativity, and we do, and we celebrate that. We can have all the compassion, but we realise without Jesus, we are otter divs. I mean, who is going to use somebody like me? Only King Jesus. We're just ordinary people. I'm not some man of power for the hour. Oh, some mighty man of God. I'm just an ordinary bloke. Gripped with a cause. And I love that as well. And I want to burst that bubble of, ooh, you know, Andy Hawthorne's ministry. We don't want that, do we? We just want Jesus' ministry. We want him to be glorified. And if we can keep those two things, step up our creativity, be innovators, try lots of wild and wacky things, keep the poor and the lost and the broken at the heart and not take ourselves too seriously and use all that as a platform to preach the gospel. Because we're gospel preachers first and foremost. Maybe we could get the opportunity Maybe even to reach millions for Christ in these end times. And you feel it? Maybe, God, maybe, maybe even through us, God, you could do something so spectacular and so glorious. Um, at least they want to have a go, don't you? I read um, this thing talking about end times stuff and this eschatological business going on in, uh, in the book of Isaiah. I read Anne Graham lots. you know, Billy Graham's daughter. And she's not some sort of airhead um, Jesus is coming back on the 27th of August 2017 and lined all the scriptures up. She's not like that. But she's, like me, absolutely convinced that Jesus is coming soon. And she, interestingly, she said, you know, the way, the opportunities we have to spread the gospel around the world through the internet and, and social networks and modern media. And the way we can travel like never before in the history of the world. She just senses these are things accelerating. She didn't even quote my Daniel verse. In the end days, knowledge will increase greatly and people travel to and fro. She just said those two things. But that's what's happening, and it's happening. Religion's never gonna do it. In fact, religion stinks, doesn't it? Especially religion without social responsibility. That's why the Lord says at the start of Isaiah 56, he says, This is what the Lord says: maintain justice. For my salvation's close at hand. My righteousness will soon be revealed to maintain justice. Do what's right, says the Lord. You know, ritual separated from from doing what's right is horrible. It's where Jesus' greatest battles were, isn't it? It's It's where God, you actually do see God getting angry. And the Lord's slow to anger. We sang that, didn't we? But the Lord does get angry sometimes. And where you see him getting angry in the Bible... Is where religious people don't get serious about the social responsibility, where it's all ritual and no heart, because it just drags people away from the joy and freedom and life and salvation of the gospel. That's where the Lord says, maintain justice because my salvation's close at hand, because these are the end times. Do what's right, live what's right, love the poor and the broken and the marginalized, get hold of my cause. More relevant than ever. For the church, I believe, as, as the opportunities. I'm believing for an incredible move of God in my lifetime. I, because I think Jesus is coming soon. I was thinking, as I was preparing this, even this morning, I was thinking, you know, when I was born in 1960, as far as most people are concerned, there wasn't even a church in China. It had just been crushed to virtual non-existence. Soon, very soon, the Chinese church would be the largest on earth. Even Africa, when I was born, was still pretty much the dark continent, you know. The missionaries had gone and, and sown the blood and sweat and tears and given their lives to spread the gospel across Africa. where well, They hadn't seen the move of God until the 60s. It's only, it only from 1960 there was this massive turning of the tide in Africa as the world's been turned upside down in my lifetime. South Korea was still one of the very poorest countries on earth when I was born now it's one of the richest countries on earth massive revival and it's one of the greatest missionary sending countries on earth and actually you know what i think's happened i think we've taken our foot off the gas We were the missionary sending country. We were the country that translated the word of God. We were the country that spilled our blood to spread the gospel across the earth. We took our foot on the gas. We got comfortable. We got wrapped up in our things. On the back of two world wars, we got bitter. So God had to look for another nation. And 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 I even think, how about this? I can't get this out of the scriptures, but just a thought, right? I even think God placed South Korea next to North Korea. Let's see what a country's like without God. Let's see what a country that abandons God is like. It's North Korea. It's the most stinking hellhole on earth, isn't it? And let's see what a country from the bottom 10 poorest countries on earth is like when revival comes. And the first compassion child was from South Korea. A dirt poor kid picked up off the street. You know now, after the US, now South Korea Korea is the largest compassion sponsoring country on earth. The missionaries that are going out Pouring out of that country across the 1040 windows, spreading the gospel. The point is, God's on the move on the earth. And we need to have eyes to see this stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can be so small and so little. So live in our little world. Lift your eyes and look to the harvest. In my lifetime, the world's been turned upside down because Jesus is coming soon. No, I don't know where that will be before I die. But it might be. But the point is, there's a massive acceleration in salvation for others. And we live in this one poxy bit of the world where we're not seeing this massive move of God. Come on, Lord, visit us again. If you meant it, if we'll maintain justice and do what's right, If we'll be these crazy, creative people who love the poor and the lost and the broken, who don't take ourselves too seriously because it's all about you, but who preach the gospel with our last breath, if we can be those people, maybe God will visit us again. I want to have a go, don't you? I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. And even as the dark becomes darker, don't be surprised by the disgusting, twisted people traffickers. Fight against them. Don't be surprised by ISIS rising up. That horrible, evil, vile religious movement. Don't be surprised by that. We'll see more of that. But also, don't be surprised by the fires of revival. Because the light's going to get lighter and the dark's going to get darker. I know whose side I'm on. How about you? The Lord's salvation is, is close at hand as he pictures these last days beyond the cross. His righteousness will swiftly be revealed. God can do something so swiftly. And when I was in Isaiah 60, I honestly felt the Lord said, it's time for me to do something swiftly through the message. Are you excited about that? Are you excited that you could even be part of that? I hope you are. I hope all of us that our spiritual temperature's rising. We don't want to be some like flabby old bloke cycling 15 miles away with... Hairy legs and, and the wrong haircut. You know, we want to be people kitted out to be the best we can be, trained up, ready for when our moment to break some record in terms of salvation, to bring maximum glory to Jesus, another level. When we get that moment, we're ready. Don't you? Don't you want to be like that? Not one or two of us, all of us help us, Jesus. As we love the poor, as we maintain justice, as we win the lost, as we keep you central. Help us, Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for what you're doing on the earth. It's amazing. It's amazing, Lord. Sorry that we, 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 uh, we live such small lives when you're such a big God and you're in us and you want to display your glory in ordinary people like us. Just thank you for that tremendous sense of momentum and breakthrough and that we felt on Saturday night. This is a new day for the message. Let it be, Lord but a new day when you get more glory than you've ever got through this movement. Thank you, Jesus. Be praised, Lord. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams.